Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Writer's Block Podcast, Season 2, Episode 23. I'm your host, Brandon Laurie, and alongside me, I have David Hellman and Brandon Clements. I have returned from my long voyage from Frisco, Texas, from the East-West Shrine Game. It was an absolute blast. A ton of great players were there during the week that I got a chance to meet, uh, get some eyes on, and some feelers out there for where the Cowboys might land on some of these guys. Um, And, you know, that'll be great come draft season when we start talking about the draft a little bit more. But for right now, we're going to focus on the defensive coordinator watch. Uh, Last time we talked, uh, we did not know of the Dan Quinn news that he would be leaving the Dallas Cowboys. He has since moved on to become the head coach of the Washington Commanders, uh, another in-division rival, uh, snags up another Cowboys coach. And along with him, the in-house presumed top candidate, Joe Witt Jr., uh, will be also following him to Washington as the defensive coordinator. Hellman, what are your thoughts on Quinn leaving and then also Joe Witt now following him? Like I mentioned, he was rumored to be the presumed number one guy that the Cowboys wanted to bring on as a defensive coordinator, uh, considering the continuity and everything that would come involved with him and much deserving of the opportunity at that. But those are two guys that are no longer here, part of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it's a really interesting turn of events, the way that everything unfolded for the Cowboys um, you know, we, we were kind of in a weird spot with Dan Quinn where it was reported that the Cowboys would be happy to bring him back as the defensive coordinator, uh, even with the way that things ended for the, the Cowboys defense this season, um, not really being up to the standard that Quinn had set. Um, and so it was like, you know, a lot of a lot of people in the fan base wanted a change of defensive coordinator. Uh, and then it felt like he was going to come back. And then you know, even with, with him going to the commanders for the longest time, everybody you know around the NFL seemed to expect it was going to be Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. And from some of the stuff that's being reported now, it sounds like the commanders also thought that that was going to be the case. And yeah. he kind of pulled out at the last second. Um, and then they, you know, pivoted towards Dan Quinn. Uh, so now the Cowboys are kind of in this weird position of, they thought they, you know, they wanted to bring him back. They thought they were going to get him back. And now they're having this, this search. Um, and, and then even then the guy that a lot of people thought would be the internal promote from within guy, you know, Joe Witt Jr. Um, who's, you know, been with the Cowboys the last few years, uh, has also had coached previously in Green Bay under Mike McCarthy has a relationship with him. They interviewed him for the coordinator position before they hired Quinn. Um, and you know, he had previously gone on the record saying that the Cowboys DC job was his dream job. And so it, it kind of felt like things were trending towards that way. And then he leaves to follow Quinn to Washington. Um, and, and so that was a little bit of a surprise for me, just because I thought that would be a, a pretty open and shut case of, you know, they'd probably do their due diligence interview a few candidates and then, you know, just go with wit because he was the guy they were kind of grooming for that position. Um, so the fact that it unfolded the way that it did, and he didn't even get to the process of actually interviewing for the defensive coordinator role um, to me, that probably says that the Cowboys made up their mind that they want to go with an external candidate and that he probably understood that and said, you know what, I work well with Dan Quinn. I'm just going to go with him. And Well, and to mention on top of that, you know, there's the stability factor where you have Joe Witt, maybe uncertainty what happens with Mike McCarthy and next year isn't really a guarantee for him. So if he signs on to your point, Hellman, with, you know, Mike McCarthy – that could be maybe a one-and-done type scenario. Maybe he doesn't get another opportunity. Whereas going with a Dan Quinn to Washington, I believe it's uh, three years, you know, maybe in that range, depending on what what the contract is. But, I mean, it could be a three- to five-year uh, stint with Dan Quinn. And if he has success, it keeps going, and then he'll maybe get elevated to a head coach someday. So and I think if he can turn around the commanders, that will kind of vault him to be considered a head coach sooner rather than maybe the uncertainty with the Cowboys. 
Oh, for sure. I feel, I feel like that too. I mean, uh, when when Dan Quinn got the job with the Commanders, it, for me, it was like okay. I, I felt like Joe Witt was going to be a foregone conclusion. That was that was kind of my feeling of it. I know, you know, I've always said, you know, Witt uh, wanted this job. Like I know Holland alluded to it. Like it was like a dream job to be the coordinator for the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. But at the end of the day, with the uncertainty with with Mike McCarthy and his situation, you obviously got to take. You know, if if Dan Quinn's going to give you an opportunity to be a defensive coordinator and get a promotion because I believe he's been essentially an assistant coach, DB's coach. So this would be his, his first defensive coordinator job. So it would essentially be a promotion at that point. Um, and, and obviously in addition to the contract, which my understanding is it's a three-year contract is what, is what uh, you know, that's being uh, circulated out there. Same with uh, Cliff Kingsbury, who also um, he's now joining that staff. So the commanders are, they're putting together an interesting staff there because at one point, you know, to, to pivot to Kingsbury really quick, it sounded like he was going to go, uh, go uh, coach uh, the, uh, you know, be the offense coordinator for uh, Hallman's favorite, uh, favorite head coach, Antonio Pierce's Raiders. And then uh, it sounded like it was a two-year deal. He, uh, it sounded like uh, he's like, no, nah, I want a three-year deal. And the commanders were like, yep, we'll give you a three-year deal. That's what's been reported out there. I, I heard, I heard that on uh, the Pat McAfee show today with uh, Adam Schefter talking about it, and that was that was kind of the fallout of the situation. So Adam Schefter kind of broke uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter uh, broke that down. So it, it makes sense. So you know, from that perspective, that makes me believe that Joe Witt did get did get a three year deal, and then here's the here's a, here's a chance for him not only you know to prove himself instead of being maybe a one-year uh, one year rental, you know, kind of a guy. He's going to get a few years to prove himself. And then, to your point, uh, B2, you might you might see his name pop up as a, as a future head coaching candidate in the next, you know, two, three years. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, if he had success this year with the Cowboys, I'm sure his name would have been circulated in head sure. coaching candidacies and realms like that for next year because, again, the spotlight on the Cowboys, if you have success here, uh, you're probably – I mean, Kellen Moore even got a head coaching interview with the Eagles – uh, in 2021, and then they opted for Nick Sirianni, and now, of course, he's back with the Eagles. Um, but, Howman, I think the one thing that's depressing, for me at least, is Dan Quinn is such a likable guy, and I know there are a lot of fans that are out there saying, oh, well, he's the enemy now. You know, we have to turn the page. And all. No, I mean, this guy, like, revolutionized the modern Dallas defense to the point where we could actually say, like, the Dallas Cowboys had a respectable defense, at least in my time covering the team and also my childhood that has never really been talked about maybe in like the early 2000s on a under a certain candidate we'll talk about in a little bit you know there were certain things where you just never saw that the defense would ever get to that next level and finally under Dan Quinn it happens but everybody's willing to write him off and you know when you see I believe Albert Breer came out on Monday morning quarterback uh, he talked about the timeline of everything, and it really seemed like Dan Quinn was the third option for the commanders. So if Raheem Morris doesn't take the Falcons job, if Ben Johnson you know, is still in candidacy for them, you know, maybe Dan Quinn is still the D.C. of the Cowboys, and this is sort of like a moot point, um, and Joe Witt is still here. But it even looked like that at the very end, I think the, the GM, Adam Peters, even called Bill Belichick to just see what the feeler was and whether I was for a, a job with them or maybe just see talking about Dan Quinn um, and his defense. Who knows? They didn't really talk about it that much. But it just seems like that the Cowboys just missed out on him possibly coming back. But then you had the best line from Dan Quinn's press conference today from Nikki Jabala, um, who covers the commanders for the Washington Post. It was circulating around all throughout Twitter today. He says, I'm going to give myself a little grace and allow one swear word here because I've done a pretty good job so far. I haven't had any, and I swear a lot, but there is nothing I enjoy more than doing hard you-know-what uh, with good people. Uh, again, family-friendly podcast. Don't want to swear on here, but you get the point. You've seen the quote. And so, Howman, to that point, like the Cowboys are losing a really good culture guy in Dan Quinn, uh, a guy that the players really love. So, all in all, that's the part that probably hurts the most. No, he's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way you could have gone with that answer. You did it in the exact way I was hoping you didn't go. <laughs> Great. Yeah. No, I mean, all, all the points you make are are very much on point. Um, you know, he, he was really exactly what the Cowboys needed at the time that they hired him. He came in and, you know, that, that first season under Mike McCarthy – for a whole lot of reasons, very few of which actually had to do with the coaching staff that was in place. Uh, it was a rough first year, um, you know, with, with the pandemic, with all the injuries, with Dak Prescott getting hurt the way that he did, uh, with all of the, just the culture shock of going from Jason Garrett's approach to Mike McCarthy's approach. Um, you know, they needed 
the kind of infectious, uh, you know, just, I guess, excitement and exuberance that Dan Quinn brings. And, uh, you know, he did a lot of things really well for the defense specifically. The schemes that he introduced were really good for the talent that we had, that we brought in. Um, You know, obviously he was also helped out by the fact that Mike Parsons turned out to be a steal. Uh, You know, even though they they got him pretty high in the draft, he was still a huge steal of that draft. Um, And, you know, but he was also – he was also the guy that was able to get the most out of him by the way that he used him. And, you know, it's funny looking back at Micah Parsons and when he played at Penn state and they hardly ever used him as a primary pass rusher. And you look at that and you're like, what were they doing, man? Like what, what, what were they not getting? But, you know, Dan Quinn was the one who put Micah in a position to be the best version of himself. You know, he was able to get Trayvon Diggs to, to have an all pro season the way that he did his first year in, in Quinn's scheme the way that Deron Bland has grown in this scheme. Um, and, you know, even, even uh, you know, these these safeties like J. Ron Curse, he didn't have his best year this year, but he also, you know, he was kind of a journeyman, mostly a special teamer when he got to Dallas, and then he became a core piece of this defense. He was the guy wearing the green dot on defense. Malik Hooker was a, you know, former top 10 draft pick who his career hadn't lived up to standards. And then in Dallas under Dan Quinn, he's, you know, rejuvenated his career. He's playing like we thought he was going to be when he came out of college. Um, so, I mean, he, he's done so much for this defense, and it is it, – it's it's hard to see him go. It's even harder to see him go to a division rival. Um, that said, it, you know, the way that the season ended and with so many, uh, you know, less than ideal performances on the defensive side, I think that softens the blow a little bit for, for a lot of fans of, like, you know – there, there will be some level of missing him, and it'll. It, it's already weird seeing the photoshops of him in commander's gear. It's 100%. just, it, it may, it doesn't, it, it breaks my brain seeing those colors on him. Um, so it, it's going to be weird, especially seeing that twice a year now. Um, but at the same time, I think you know some of the cracks were starting to show in in, in his defense and what it was, and it, it, you know, even in just three years, it hadn't really evolved as much as the rest of the NFL has to this point, I think. Um, and, and some of that could be like personnel and there were some injuries on defense this year for sure. But uh, I, I think this really was kind of, um, you know, the, the best case scenario for both parties. I think the Cowboys needed a bit of a, a clean slate on defense. I think Dan Quinn was at a point where like, I mean, he's been ready, but I think he's definitely ready for his next opportunity as a head coach. And, you know, maybe Washington didn't want him that much. Like, you know, it sounds like Ben Johnson was their top guy, um, but it, it might be, you know, the right fit. You know, he's certainly someone that can improve the culture of, of that team and all the misfortune they've had, especially with a new owner coming in. Um, so it, it might just be that, you know, everybody involved in this, this uh, I guess, parting of ways um, is just all, everybody's better off for it in the long run. Um, I think that could very well be the situation that we find ourselves in. And we're going to get into the list of potential candidates to replace him now, because I think that now that he's gone, there are certainly a few names that have been circling out there. We're going to go through them, uh, mostly the top three, and then we'll talk about maybe some other dark horse candidates as well. Um, I wanted to start with the in-house candidate specifically because I think they deserve a lot more respect. They've been putting in the work over the past few years, uh, specifically with AD, Aiden Dirty. Um, He is the Cowboys' current current defensive line coach. Um, To give you kind of like a brief rundown of of his background, maybe people don't really know too much about him. He's around 44 years old, so again, a little on the younger side for a head coach candidate. Um, He originally is from England. Uh, You can see all the sides of the sound or sounds of the sidelines that the Dallas Cowboys put out. It's funny how whenever he talks, they kind of italicize it and put in little like British fonts. So whenever you see that, that's AD talking to the guys. Um, He actually started with the Cowboys in 2014 as a coaching intern. So from 2014, 2015 left and actually went with Dan Quinn in Atlanta. Um, But in 2021, he came back under Dan Quinn as their defensive line coach. He played in NFL Europe for six seasons as a linebacker, so he does that have that experience as, as a pro. And anytime you see him talk in public, talk with players, talk in like a podcast format, like he is very bright. He's very intelligent. He knows the modern NFL the game on the defensive side of the ball. Just he's never given had never been given an opportunity to kind of go past that defensive line coach uh, title. So we'll see with what happens. What I'm going to do is. For the next uh, three candidates that we're going to be talking about, we're going to do positives and negatives, and I'm going to choose 
either be one or how meant to talk about just the positives. And then the other one talks about the negatives of it. And then we'll go back and forth and kind of change things up. So uh, B1, I'll start with you. The the positive of AD being a you know top candidate for the Cowboys. Supposedly he interviewed on Monday, uh, given you know, when we're recording this. But what's a positive of him becoming the next defensive coordinator for the Cowboys? Well, you just said it. Yeah, you know, he's a bright guy. Every every anytime you hear this guy talk, he just he's very he's very well spoken. He knows he knows the game of football very well, and he's I mean he's he, and the continuity portion of it is very important because. You know, like you mentioned, he's he's had ties to to the Cowboys going back almost a decade, and you know, in the last you know since 2021, so the last few seasons, he's been a part of this team. You know, helping to shape this defensive line into the you know into what I call the juggernaut that it is today. And I think for him, I feel like he's he I think he's earned enough uh, enough stripes in this league to become a defensive coordinator. My uh, my hope is that if he does not get this position, I hope he does stay because I feel like the defensive line has looked great under him. I mean, look what look what a guy like uh, Dorrance Armstrong has done under his tutelage. Dorrance Armstrong is he's like the case in point example of of what AD has done for for players and like what he's done for the Cowboys because Dorrance Armstrong was very much a developmental prospect a few years ago out of Kansas, a fourth round pick, and he he had he had some of the tools that you know. The Cowboys obviously liked enough to draft him on day three of the draft early on. And then AD has just, you know, worked with him consistently and uh, helped him shape his game into a guy who is, he's a very good, he's a very good pass rusher, a very good player in general. So he's, he's the kind of guy that, and he also, let's be honest, I mean, Tank Lawrence, I feel like has taken a step up in his game as well. Some people may say, well, you know, Tank's sack numbers are down, blah, 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 blah. I don't need sack numbers from Tank Lawrence. His, his what he does on the field is he's a you know he just he doesn't fill the stat sheet necessarily he he just makes effective plays or just little things like he forces the running back to go inside and get hit by another one of his teammates so it's 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 ad coaching these guys up to to their you know fullest potential i mean look at dante fowler he he had a little bit of a resurgence when he got to you know in situations that he played sam williams has looked good and in, in flashes as well i feel like I feel like for for me as a you know as a Cowboys fan and somebody who's been you know who covers the team now for the last couple of seasons, he's the guy that I've had my eye on. I you know there's other candidates out there that have more experience. They've you know maybe been head coaches, which I know we're going to get to those those other names in just a minute. But if you're looking for a sleeper candidate that I feel like will bring a lot to this team from you know you know from a continuity, but also the players love the guy. Like every, I've seen all the different, you know, like the NFL films type uh, material, seen him on uh, HBO's, I believe it was Hard Knocks. So I've seen him in a bunch of different facets. The players love him. Like they, he's just like a player's coach. And I feel like, I feel like he can get the most out of his, you know, he's gotten the most out of his positional players that he works with. So I feel like, I feel like he can get the most out of the, the other players on the defense if he were to take this, uh, if he were to be offered that position. My fear is, and I, you know, I'll, and I'll finish with this, my fear is if he doesn't get this gig as the defensive coordinator, maybe, maybe Dan Quinn's waiting to see if he get, uh, you know, gets it or he might be getting plucked uh, from, uh, from the Cowboys as well. So there's a lot of things to look at here. So I'm hoping he stays on the team in some facet. I would like to see him as the as the defensive line coach and stay in that post at least for another year, because uh, there are some other candidates that you know I feel like would be you know um, you know a better fit at this point. But my fear is if he doesn't get the defense coordinator job, it's going to be uh, I feel like he might also be joining the commander staff because Dan Quinn knows him very well and knows how good he is. Yeah, I, I'm gonna actually change this up. I want you guys to just focus on the positives. I'll be the one that's the wet blanket here, and I'll say a few of the negatives. I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit um, with B1's answer, but for you, Howman, why would AD be the perfect candidate for the Cowboys? Oh man, I was ready to just absolutely tear this man down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think here I'll 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 kind of go a little bit milk toast in the middle between positive and negative because I think. For me, at least, when I think about AD as a defensive coordinator candidate, I think like the the biggest negative is also kind of the positive, and it just kind of depends on how you view it. Which is that he is the continuity guy. Like in the NFL, he's only ever coached under Dan Quinn. He is very much a Dan Quinn guy. So, if he's your defensive coordinator, like that means you're keeping continuity, you're keeping the same scheme, you're keeping the same language. Um, and you know, you can look at the body of work over the last three years and say, yeah, that would be incredible. Like they've had, 
you know, top five defenses by almost every single metric, you know, each of the last three years, why wouldn't you want that? At the same time, you can also look at how the season ended the last month, you know, especially against the Packers and especially some of the problems against the Shanahan style of offense that the Packers run that the 49ers run. And you can say, well, you know, if we want, you know, maybe we want the same scheme, but we want to make tweaks and changes to some of these things. Is he the guy if he truly is just a continuity candidate? So, uh, you know, and, and those are questions that, you know, us on the outside can't really answer of what his actual thought process is because he's never been a defensive coordinator. Um, and so that's, you know, part of the interview process. And maybe the Cowboys get into that interview and he has a bunch of great answers on how he wants to tweak things. Um yeah, and maybe then they're like, yeah, let's pull the trigger, let's make him coordinator, and you know everything is just you know like this the hit song from the Lego Movie, everything is awesome, um, you know. But but I think uh, one of the reasons why it's hard to really like project that is just because you know he he's the defensive line coach, and we know Dan Quinn was also a former defensive line coach. We know he loves working hands on with the defensive line, so you would imagine that those two are probably like best friends. They probably see eye to eye on everything. Um, so that's that, that makes it a little bit harder to really know like how different he would be from Dan Quinn when you're talking about wanting some tweaks and changes, even though you like the, the overall body of work that Quinn has brought to Dallas. Yeah, and I also think to that point, the reason why maybe AD is being interviewed and why you would want to interview him as a candidate is if you want that continuity where if it is a lame duck year under Mike McCarthy, not really having a renewed contract, um, you want to give a guy like this experience. You know he's worked with Dan Quinn three years in Atlanta, the past three years in Dallas. I mean, there really isn't anybody else on the on the coaching staff that knows Dan Quinn better than AD. So if you're looking for that continuity, kind of shared philosophy, AD might be that guy. Um, and you know, I think with any player or coach, you know, they want to have their own spin, their own say on things. So kind of like with what you're talking about, Halman, we don't know for sure, but I think that also is an exciting thing for maybe fans to see, well, yeah, let's give him a shot. You know, he's kind of put his, uh, skin on the wall a little bit and he's earned, uh, the opportunity. Um, I know also when it came to AD, like the negatives, like we kind of talked about is, I mean, he might not even be here after this, if he doesn't get elevated to the DC position, because, uh, if he wants to be elevated in some capacity and be hired by Dan Quinn, I believe it only is by elevation, or if there's also something where they work it out, where the Cowboys let him out of his contract and then he goes to the commanders instead. But, um, I know again, by Nikki Jabala, um, by the Washington Post, she tweeted out and said that Josh Harris said Dan Quinn has, in quotes, some more tricks up his sleeves with the staff. Now, that could mean that's AD. It could be Sharif Floyd. It could also be Al Harris, where the commander spent a first-round pick on Emmanuel Forbes last year. Didn't, didn't really pan out too well. I bet that that would get a lot of fans excited uh, to see Al Harris paired with Emmanuel Forbes, given his track record with Trayvon Diggs, Deron Bland, developing those guys. So I think if you want to kind of mitigate the amount of loss that could happen, you hire somebody like an AD if you think he's going to move on. Uh, but we talked about, you know, just a brief negative, the inexperience, lack of experience as being a DC. Uh, but I also look at with what the Ravens just did and elevated Zach Orr, their linebackers coach, to defensive coordinator in Baltimore. This guy was playing just four or five or I think longer than that. And 2016 was his last year. Uh, so that's longer than four years ago. But you get my point. He's still a young player, never really any experience at defensive coordinator. But John Harbaugh is willing to take a, a chance and a bet on this guy, on his talent. The players love him in Baltimore. So this would be sort of a similar move to me if the Cowboys decide to do that. So we're going to go on to our next candidate. And we know that the Cowboys, we talked about, might be looking for more experience uh, from like a head coaching perspective. I know Michael Gelkin tweeted that out as well. They could be looking for a head coaching, uh, previously head coaching candidate um, for the D.C. position. And we're going to start with Ron Rivera. Uh, Ron Rivera supposedly uh, interviewed with the Cowboys on Monday. That was reported by Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport today on NFL Network. Again, brief overview of Ron Rivera as a whole. Everybody should really know him because he was just the head coach of the Commanders, which Dan Quinn is now supplanting. That would be the most awkward thing in the world, I think. Uh, but still, he spent four seasons in Washington. He had a record of 26-40 and 40, and nine seasons in Carolina where the bulk of his work, bulk of his success came from. He was 76-63. and 63. He had, of course, the one Super Bowl appearance, one uh, two-time coach of the year. And he's also the former NFL linebacker of the daunting 85 Bears defense, you know, and has a lot of experience playing at the professional level, a ton of years being as a coach in the league. Um, and again, you know, 
the sort of knock on him is that last year he took over the defense after they let go of Jack Del Rio, uh, and it actually got worse um, with with Ron Rivera taking over. So it's sort of if that's what he does well, that doesn't really kind of speak to him. But in all honesty, Ron Rivera is a great leader of men. Sometimes being a head coach doesn't really work out. Uh, we could see that, of course, Bill Belichick, for all of his success, isn't going to be getting an opportunity this year. So if you find a guy where he's a great locker room guy, can motivate guys, uh, supposedly from everything I saw based off of Washington's social media team and all the stuff about Ron Rivera, locker room stuff, players love him. He's a great motivational speaker. Uh, very, very disciplined coach. I mean, I know the Washington team wasn't that disciplined, but um, definitely a very disciplined motivator. So, Howman, I'll throw it to you first. The positives of Ron Rivera I kind of touched on a little bit, but in your mind, try your best, pitch the people why Ron Rivera should be the next D.C. Well, Ron Rivera offers a lot as a defensive coordinator in the same way that Dan Quinn offered when he first came to Dallas. Some some of the same things that you mentioned, like he's he's been a head coach before, he has that experience, um, he also has a history throughout his time, whether it was as the head coach or as the defensive coordinator of producing really good defensive results. Uh, you know, and the, I mean, the commander's defense was not good this past year. And to your point, like they did get worse when he took over play calling. But I also, I always kind of thought that was, um, it, it's not that he was without blame for that. Cause there were some things, you know, his, his scheme was, it was very stale and predictable, and I, I would hope that he kind of, you know, infuses some some modernization if he were to be the Cowboys' defensive coordinator. Um, but also, I mean, Jack Del Rio didn't even get fired until after they got rid of both Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So, I mean, like, and I never understood the decision to get rid of him at that point because it's like, well, you got rid of your two best pass rushers. You two are probably your two best defensive players, period. Like, what do you expect? And like, you know, the, the Cowboys put 40 plus on them on Thanksgiving. And it's like, well, they're, you know, they were one of the best offenses in the league and you get rid of your two best pass rushers. Like, I, I don't know what they were thinking was going to happen. Like, oh, this will make it good. I don't know. Um, so I, I really, I, I can't really put too much fault for him on that. Uh, but I mean, even just last year and the years before that, when he was in Washington, I mean, we were constantly talking about that defense, how good it was with Chase Young, the way that they developed Montez Sweat, you know, some of the other players on that defense that they were able to to work with and develop and grow. Like Ron Rivera knows defense. He he knows how to to help shape and mold players on that side of the ball. And really, if you look like even in Carolina, they had you know Luke Keekley was a star. They had uh, I mean Kawan Short, Star Latulale, uh, Thomas Mario Davis, Edison. Exactly. You could, you could, we could do one of those games of like guys just sitting around naming random players, but it's just great defensive players under Ron Rivera. And so, you know, he, he didn't have a whole lot of success as a head coach for some of the same reasons that, you know, there's the stereotype around defensive minded head coaches is usually the offense isn't that very good. Um, and you know, the, the one year that he went to the Super Bowl, it was with MVP Cam Newton. So, you know, that, that kind of lends itself to that argument. Um, but the man knows defense. The man knows what he's doing when he's on that side of the ball. And he even talked, you know, kind of towards the end of this last season as he was calling plays again, which is the first time in quite a while. And he was saying, like, it reminded me just how much I love being a play caller. And so it almost sounds like, you know, he's at a point where he knows he's had his chance as a head coach. He's probably not getting a third chance to be a head coach. That doesn't happen very often uh, in this league. Um, but it, he's like renewed his passion for football and being a coordinator is kind of the next stage of his career and something he's actively looking forward to. Um, and so just, just the positivity that he's brought to the locker room, um, whether it was in Washington, whether it was in Carolina, like players love him, you know, even when they're not winning, like they go out there and they play hard for him because they love him. They respect him as a person. And that's kind of the same thing that was a huge appeal for Dan Quinn. Like even when the Falcons fired him, like players were saying like, we're going to miss you. Like they understood why he got fired, but they were also sad because they lost a great person that they really respected. So I think in, in that regard, you know, Ron Rivera is about as close to a Dan Quinn clone as you're going to get from, you know, kind of those, those profiles, very different scheme, of course, that they don't run the same exact thing. Um, but I, I think what he brings to the role is very similar. Yeah, I'll say this. I love Ron Rivera, um, and I think that if you're trying to sell a fan base on him as a head coach, 
they'll be like, eh, you know, not really maybe past his time, but Ron Rivera is the defensive coordinator. Sure. You know, like you can see the benefits of having him in the locker room on the coaching staff. Um, like I said, you know, the Cowboys lack a little bit of discipline over the past few seasons under Mike McCarthy with penalties. I mean, you look at the way Dan Quinn was able to affect the offense and defensive side. I mean, Dak Prescott always talked about Dan Quinn and how much he brought to the locker room. So you kind of have that same personality with Ron Rivera. And honestly, there is something to be said. Uh, I know this is more on his personal side, but he battled cancer while he was also the head coach of the commanders. Uh, still didn't, you know, deviate from his responsibilities as a head coach of a national football league football team. I mean, there's something to be said for that. And I commend him for that also from a military family. Again, when it comes to leadership, I mean, his skills are second to none. Um, when his experience of playing linebacker at a pro level, he was a really good linebacker back in the day. So um, B1, I mean, like I said, him as a head coach, you might be sitting here pausing a little bit, but him as a DC definitely brings a lot to the table that regardless of the name and sort of his legacy of the past few seasons, fans should still get excited if he is in fact the DC of the Cowboys. I certainly did. As soon as Adam Schefter put it out there that Dan Gwynn was going to the commanders, y'all can go check out my, uh, at Icebreaker 21 and go check out my post. Cause I, you know, I, 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 I quote tweeted, that I want Ron, I want Ron Rivera. That's that was the first choice that came to mind. Obviously, there's another coach that we're going to mention uh, next after that, which we'll get to shortly. But Ron Rivera to me is the guy that I want. Um, I think you know, in in some aspects, like you mentioned, he has that military background. He's got the you know, obviously he was an 85 85 Bears. He, you know, he, he played in the league for a good amount of time. Like, he's had the trials and tribulations of everything. He's gone through, uh, you know, personal battles with cancer. Like, he checks all the boxes for me as somebody that you want on your staff. And that would build one hell of a staff. If you have Ron Revere as your defensive coordinator, like, I, you know, and his head coaching career is kind of meh. You know, he's he's like a slightly a, a below average record-wise. Like, I'm looking here. His overall record was 105-108-2, which is just under – it's literally – uh, 49.3%. This is winning percentage. So he's a, a below 500 head coach. But if you look at him as a, as, as a, you know, as a, as a defensive coordinator, going back, you know, back to his original, like when he, he got, you know, he early, early on in his career, he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, he turned some guy that's, uh, you know, one of the, I think one of the best linebackers the last 25 years into a two-time All-Pro, and that's Jeremiah Trotter. Like, a lot of people, if you go back, and I remember because I'm the elder statesman of this group, I remember Jeremiah Trotter very well, and it makes me feel old that his son's going to be drafted this year. Uh, but Jeremiah Trotter Sr., uh, he, you know, he became a really good player. He worked his tail off. He learned under Ron Rivera, and, and, and you see that kind of work. That tells you the kind of coach that he is. He knows how to coach people up. And let's be honest. These aren't. This isn't the only ties to the Cowboys that he that he has. He he interviewed back in 2007. You know, uh, you know he was he was one of the. I think he was one of the three finalists off the top of my head. Uh, him and then I be, I believe um, I believe he was also uh, I think he was also going for the Steelers job as well when they hired some guy named Mike Tomlin. I mean I, I don't know how that worked out for the Steelers, but you know that Mike Tomlin guy sounds familiar. So I think the Steelers probably got that one right. But he's, I mean, he's, he's been around the block. He's been in a league in one way, shape, or form, minus, you know, a few years in the media business for, uh, I believe it was WGN uh, in Chicago for a bit. Like, he's been in the league forever, you know, for the last 40 years. And here's the thing. Scheme-wise, I mean, he, he you know, in my understanding with him is, you know, watching, his, you know, watching the way he, he coaches things, his thing is playing fast equals playing better. So what he likes to do, and he and he's done it on multiple occasions. You you can check check all this stuff out by doing a quick search on your favorite uh, search engine. Anytime he's had to let go of a defensive coordinator in, in any situation he's been in, he's essentially stripped down that that defensive uh, that defensive scheme, that defensive coaching style, because he looks at it like this: run it simple and run it effective. You, you guys have ever seen? Uh, Remember the Titans? You just run, you, you know, you run simple play calls and you perfect it. You run it really well. And I feel like, I feel like a simple approach is a good way to go. But of course you have to evolve with the way the modern game is. And I did see a, I did see a graph on, on X. I can't remember who it was, but I think it was, I think it was that Cowboy stats off the top of my head. I uh, put up a graphic 
where against uh, against uh, any coach with the the, the the lineage of the Shanahan Kyle Shanahan tree, um, he's one of the better coaches against that Shanahan tree. And, and last time I checked, anybody with that Shanahan you know uh, Kyle Shanahan connection, I, I want to say like two thirds of the league I feel like is it's got some sort of ties to that. So if you have success against that style of offense, that's going to bode well I feel like, and I feel like that's I think that's the direction the NFL is definitely going because. I think I think I want to say 15 to 20 of those of those uh, teams are going in that direction of a Kyle Shanahan style of offense. So Ron Revere has done a really good job against those kind of offenses. So I feel like he would be a really good fit. And the thing I also like about him, and he's quoted on saying this, that you know he relies, he wants to have his players rely on their natural instincts as players. You don't get to professional football level without having good instincts. So he he trusts his players to have good and you know good on field instincts. So for me, I feel like he's he he's a good fit. I mean, he's going to rush probably four guys. I feel like he's going to keep seven back. I think he's going to trust the pass rush more. You know, run maybe a cover three type of situation. But I feel like this this kind of hire would would tell me that the Cowboys are really trying to go all in for a Super Bowl like uh, like we've been hearing. And this is the kind of hire for a defensive coordinator. To me, he, I think he instantly brings credibility uh, that not a lot of coaches have because of how good of a defensive guy he is. He's a defensive guru. So for me, I feel like this is the kind of guy that will help the Cowboys. And to, to Hallman's point, I'm not putting anything on how the commanders played last year on defense. They lost their two best pass rushers just because the commanders wanted to essentially blow it up and and now they're going to be in, in the running for a top quarterback this year. So anything that people are posting out there about how bad the commanders were last year, why don't you take a look at what the team was doing? They were blowing things up. So for me, I don't put that on his, on, on Ron Rivera as much as people want to want to put that on him. He's a hell of a coach, and I feel like he's going to he, he'd be a great hire for the Cowboys. And I also think when you're looking for candidates that have familiarity with how to deploy the Cowboys' resources and talent on defense, we mentioned, you know, Micah Parsons, Deron Bland, Trayvon Diggs, Demarcus Lawrence, Osa. I mean, there's nobody that has more familiarity with the actual in-division rivalry than Ron Rivera over the past few seasons. Of course, you mentioned AD having the most familiarity being in the locker room with these guys. But if you're looking for the second best candidate, if AD moves on or you're not feeling comfortable bringing him in, there's nobody more qualified right now than someone like uh, Ron Rivera who knows these guys, knows defense. Uh, so the next person that we're going to get to in the final, maybe top three candidate is none other than Mike Zimmer. Um, you you have heard that name before. I, I know it's been a minute, um, but he actually should be interviewing at, by the time you're hearing this on Tuesday, I believe Tuesday or Wednesday, you should be coming in to do an interview. Um, he actually started his pro coaching career in Dallas in 1994. So going all the way back to the early 90s teams, uh, became the DB coach in 1995 to 1999, became the Cowboys defensive coordinator from 2000 to 2006, and then spent a year with the Falcons. And of course, the majority of his tenure came uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, which has kind of vaunted him into being the uh, Vikings head coach from 2014 to 2021. Of course, he was released in 21, but um, a lot of positive things from Mike Zimmer. Similar personality to Ron Rivera. I mean, I, I sent out a tweet earlier in the week of this old clip of him on the sidelines uh, as the DC of the Bengals, and he's just reaming guys out on the sidelines, telling them to get their stuff together, uh, for lack of a better word. So in your <laughs> eyes, B1, Mike Zimmer, been out of the game for a little bit. Um, he was recently coaching uh, the Polynesian slash Hula Bowl, uh, you know, for, for the college uh, All-Stars. So, I mean, he has been on the field coaching recently, but not professionally. Um, why would he be a good candidate for the Cowboys? I mean, again, it's, it goes back to familiarity. I mean, that's, I mean, he was, you know, I remember him well because, you know, as the elder statesman of the group, I, I spent 12 years of my life with Mike Zimmer as my defense, you know, as a, as a defensive coach for the Cowboys, you know, in one, one way, shape or form, he, he worked his way up, you know, I mean, in, in that, and here's the other thing, and I believe our, our colleague Danny Phantom put it out there, in, in that, you know, Super Bowl 30, he was on the staff for the Cowboys. So the last Super Bowl victory, uh, you know, Mike Zimmer was, uh, he was a, the, a defensive assistant at that point. And then he moved over to the defensive backs coach and then uh, eventually moved up to defensive coordinator for uh, 2000 to 2006. Like Mike Zimmer, to me, 
that just tells you how long he's been in the game. I mean, he's been coaching, you know, whether it was in the pro level or the college level since 1979. So, you know, if you throw it, if you throw with a 70s reference in there, he's been around a long time. Like he's been, he's been in the game a long time. And that's, you know, that's a detractor for some people because he's 67 years old. So he's, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's a little bit older than maybe some of the coaching candidates that you might want. You might want, you know, AD who's in his, you know, in his uh, early to mid forties, but uh, Mike Zimmer is a guy that if, if the Cowboys go with him, I mean, he's he's been a better head coach than Ron Rivera. Let's let's be honest. I mean, overall, I mean, the whole commanders situation wasn't great. I mean, looking at the stats here, I mean, as a head coach in the regular season, he was seventy-two and fifty-six. Postseason, you know, obviously we we know about that that fantastic. Uh, the, the, the miracle, the Minneapolis miracle, he was, you know, part of that. So, I mean, two and three in the postseason. Uh, so, overall, he was a f- about 56% uh, winning percentage. So, he – and his worst his worst record as a head coach was seven and nine. And as a head coach, I always felt like he was a mediocre head coach. Like, some years he felt like he was going from good to great, and then some years he was going from great to good. Like, he always was kind of like a middle-of-the-road coach head coach for me. And I felt like anybody that would get him as a defensive coordinator, just in the same ilk as, 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 as Ron Rivera, that's a hell of a coach. And I don't care that he's been out, you know, been out of the uh, the NFL circle, you know, since his days uh, with the Vikings. He also, I mean, he also was working with Coach Prime back in 2022 as well at Jackson State. So it's not like, you know, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't, it's not like he's been not doing anything since 2021. Like he's, he's still, you know, he's still in the game in one way, shape or form. And even, even the, the thing I will say about him is taking the time away from the league. And there was, I, I forget who, who put it online, but you, it'd be the same thing as Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy took some time off. He stepped back from the game. Maybe he's in his man cave or his fan cave, so to speak. And he's got a bunch of TVs and he's just, he's watching the game and listening to guys like Tony Romo talk about the game. And, you know, and maybe he's taking notes and changing his scheme a little bit and, 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 you know, refining maybe things that he wanted to work on as, as a coach. But, you know, for me, you know, you know, he, the way I look at him is he wants to stop the run. Like that's the biggest thing with him. You know, he's a solid on the run. He's a four, three guy. So I think regardless of where we're going, you know, I think it's going to be a four, three base defense, which I like the four down lineman. That's just, that's just me. And, you know, I also like that in passing situations, he does run a, a, a four, two, five nickel, which I do like because that patented uh, uh, a gap blitz that he's known for. I saw a video uh, from uh, from Law Nation. I saw it on his uh, on his YouTube channel. He was uh, showing a breakdown of the film, and there was a like the once the one shot I saw of the center pointing to. There's there's two guys that were in the gap ready to blitz. The, the center points at the one guy, and you could you could see the linebackers look at each other, and the opposite guy went in. So the center went the wrong way, and it was a, it was a, just it just he just went right through the defense. So. The thing I like about Zimmer is he doesn't – he's not going to blitz 24-7 like we've seen with some coaches. He's not going to He's not gonna throw the book in. He's going to sprinkle it in when he feels like it's needed, and he's going to have little tweaks to it. And, you know, the thing that I, I did I did like about him is – and I, I was reading it from Bill Belichick, who – who knows who knows the game of football pretty well. I feel like, uh, you know, greatest coach of all time. You know, people will debate that, whatever. All those Super Bowl rings, blah, blah, blah. We, we know the history with him. But he, he, he spoke very highly of Mike Zimmer. And, he, you know, he mentioned the fact that, you know, he keeps, it, he keeps the, the scheme simple, but he has these wrinkles that just throw you for a loop, and, that's, and it's tough to, to coach against. So Mike Zimmer, to me, you know, he also is going to look for – he wants a tough guy in the middle on the defensive uh, tackle position, which I would love to see what he could do with a guy like Mozzie Smith and then obviously Osa Odigizua. I would love to see what he does with those guys. But overall, he's he's another candidate that, with his pedigree, he he's another guy that I think the Cowboys could go with, and it makes too much sense because he spent 12 years here in Dallas. Like that's that's his that you know that's you know that that was a home for him for a long time. So I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me given the Mike McCarthy part part of it as well, where we don't know what he's going to be doing after 2024. He could say to Mike Zimmer, hey, you know, or Ron Rivera, whether you guys want to hear this or not, I'm just putting it out there. He could say this, hey, you know what, you know, Mike McCarthy's on his last year. If you do a really good job on this defense, you know, there might be a promotion at the end of the rainbow. Again, I'm not putting Jerry's words out there, but 
you have to think that could be a possibility given what the situation is. And if they hire one of these guys, they're both guys that could be head coaches again in the league. I don't care about age. I don't care about that. But for now, from a defensive uh, perspective, Mike Zimmer's Mike Zimmer's a great candidate. I feel like I feel like regardless of his age, he's he's a good candidate for the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I put out on X. Um, you know, I found an article back from I believe it was 2021. It was uh, from the Star Tribune from Ben uh, Gosling, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. And it was talking about Harrison Smith and his contract extension, talking about his relationship with Mike Zimmer. Um, at that time, and in the article, it said Zimmer, Smith admitted, can be a bit of an acquired taste as a coach, but the safety said playing for Zimmer has opened his eyes to how little he knew about football before the two started working together. The coach, Smith said, has broadened his understanding of defensive football beyond just the responsibilities of his own position, and this is what uh, Smith actually said in quotes. He's always kind of let me know that Darren Woodson was his guy, his best safety. So I've always kind of been chasing Woody in that way and continue to do so. So if we're looking for connective tissue to the 90s dynasty, trying to reclaim the glory days of that, Mike Zimmer checks that box. But when you're also looking for kind of the breakdown, what what happened in the, against the Packers where everybody was all out of alignment, nobody really knew their responsibilities from top to bottom, and if, if Mike Zimmer kind of brings that sort of football intelligence to the team, that's sort of what you're looking for. You need the elevation of the intelligence of the defensive side of the football to kind of just be elevated a little bit more. And if you have someone like Harrison Smith talking about that, that to me bodes a lot for the confidence of what fans should think about Mike Zimmer. And Howman, to your point, um, you're a big Zimmer guy. I know you and I, we've been posting a lot of stuff about Zim over the past few days. Um, I have my personal opinions on him, but I'll let you talk about it first. I know you know a little bit more about his scheme. I know B1 alluded to it about that double-A package that he kind of throws out there, his signature style. Talk about Zim a little bit more and your love for him. Yeah, and it's funny because back in, uh, I think, 2019, when when – the Cowboys and their defense especially was playing poorly. And we knew that there was going to be, you know, a coaching change. Uh, there was likely going to bring in a, a change on the defense as well. Uh, I had written an article at the time stumping for a guy named Paul Gunther to be the new defensive coordinator at the time. He was wow. the Raiders defensive yeah. coordinator. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. for those who don't know, Paul Gunther was like a longtime Mike Zimmer disciple. He worked under him uh, in Cincinnati for quite a while. And then when Zimmer took the Vikings job, uh, he became the Bengals defensive coordinator and pretty much runs the exact same scheme. And so, you know, I, I went back and found that article and I was, you know, it was a lot of it was breaking down that uh, what, what's I, I've heard it often called the split mug front where there's two linebackers lined up uh, in the a gap. Usually you've got your slot corner and your, one of your safeties lined up on the line of scrimmage, threatening a blitz as well. And, you know, basically it's a very common look that, you know, everyone in the NFL has has incorporated into their playbook these days. It's something that Mike Zimmer made famous. Like, I don't think that he was the one who created the look, but he uses it so much in his defense, and it's been so effective because basically the offensive line has four potential pass rushers on both sides. Um, and very rarely does Mike Zimmer ever blitz any sort of way um, usually he's only rushing four, but when you get into that kind of look, you have no idea who those four are going to be. And, and a lot of the times, like, like you were saying about, you know, the two linebackers kind of reading the center and, you know, whichever way he turns, the opposite one is going to rush. You know, it's kind of built around whatever the offense is doing, we're going to flip that and we're kind of reacting to the offense um, in a way that they can't be right. You know, there's, there's really no way for them to, to, to figure it out because whatever they do to try to adjust, you're going to do the opposite and you're going to catch them. Um, and, and that's kind of the beauty of, of Zimmer's scheme is, you know, so much of it is built around just making the opposing offense think just a little bit longer. And, you know, with, with the way that NFL pass, passing offenses and rushing offenses have evolved, especially with the Shanahan tree, so much of, of their scheme is built on making the defense think of it a little bit longer. All the motion, all of these shifts, all the misdirection that happens at the beginning of these plays is made, making the defense sit and think just a little bit longer. And I think that's one of the things that really appeals to me about Zimmer's scheme is it kind of takes that little game that they're playing and flips it back on them. And uh, B1 actually alluded to it uh, about, you know, talking about Ron Rivera and his results against the Shanahan coaching tree 
Um, and I had uh, written an article, you know, this past week about Mike Zimmer potentially being a good solution and quoted that same kind of uh, study and results. And if you're looking at the chart and you can, you can find the article on our site at blogontheboys.com. You can find the tweet. Uh, it's, it's in that article as well. But if you're looking at the chart, basically the way that it goes is the further to the right you are is the better that you, your defense is performed against the Shanahan offense. And the further up on the chart you are is better performance against any other type of scheme. Uh, Ron Rivera was the, in the furthest, most bottom right corner, meaning he was really good against Shanahan offenses, not that good against any other offense, which is kind of kind of ironic because most defensive coaches, Dan Quinn included, are the exact opposite. Uh, but then Mike Zimmer is all the way up in the top right, meaning he's really good against Shanahan offenses. Granted, the caveat being he hasn't coached the last two years when the, that offense has really, you know, really exploded. But also the last time he coached was – in the NFC North facing Matt LaFleur in that offense twice a year. Um, but he's also been really, really good against other offenses too. He's had consistent success, whether it was in Minnesota where he called the plays on defense uh, every single year as head coach, whether it was in Cincinnati where, by the way, he placed some, you know, faced some really good offenses there too. You know, thinking about the Steelers, uh, you know, with Ben Roethlisberger throughout his career, you know, the Ravens. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, he's faced – plenty of good offenses and been able to stymie quite a few of them. Um, you know, he's also, he, his Vikings didn't beat the Packers that often, but if you go back and look, he was able to consistently give Aaron Rodgers problems, both when it was Matt LaFleur calling plays and when it was Mike McCarthy calling plays, which I think is also a piece of this puzzle when evaluating Zimmer too, is he and Mike McCarthy know each other very well at this point. They were squaring off against each other twice a year for quite a while they know each other. They respect each other. Um, they have similar philosophies as far as how they think football should be played. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, just just from the the pairing of the two their two minds and, you know, having Zimmer kind of be the head coach of the defense, whereas, you know, Mike, now Mike McCarthy, we've seen what he can do as a play caller and how he works with Dak Prescott. I think it could be a really special pairing. Um, I, I will say I, I've, I've made my stump speech for Zimmer already a few times. Of the candidates that we know that are being considered, I think he's the best bet. He's not personally who I would have gone after, but at the same time, Mike McCarthy wasn't the guy I would have gone after. We all know I wanted Dan Campbell. You know, now I get to uh, I get to enjoy the wins with Mike McCarthy, and I get to also talk about how you know how much better it definitely would have been if Dan Campbell were the head coach. Um, but you know, Mike McCarthy worked out fairly well so far. Uh, three straight twelve win seasons. I think Mike Zimmer could also really help elevate this defense to to not only keep them playing at a high level, but also patching up some of those areas where they've struggled against the Shanahan offense. And you mentioned the prior relationship that McCarthy and Zim have had. I know you put this out with the video. I was trying to find it for the longest time. I just found the tweet. But when McCarthy was let go from Green Bay, Zimmer was asked about it or at least prompted to talk about it in one of his press conferences that same season. And he said that he called it sad and a mistake, saying that he's a fine coach and it was just one man's opinion. So, I mean, clearly, like, when you face against somebody for so many years, I think it was four or five years, seven years, and then, of course, two two times when he was with Minnesota still and then McCarthy as the head coach of the Cowboys, you have that shared relationship, that sort of shared bond with one another. And similarly, what McCarthy and Rivera would have if the two of them started working together as well. You kind of take that competitive nature and you bring it into the classroom, into the lab, if you will, and kind of craft something up. So I want to talk about just really quick, any other candidates that might be out there. We know, of course, Trayvon Diggs, Voices opinion for Al Harris. I know Brian Broadus mentioned Wink Martindale as a possibility, as a candidate as well. Um, we know Marvin Lewis was interviewed a few years ago when Mike McCarthy was brought in as head coach. So we know that to satisfy the Rooney rule, uh, the Cowboys did that with part one of having Rivera come in, but they need a second external candidate. Uh, AD does not count because he is an internal candidate, so they need somebody else to bring in from the outside before they hire somebody, regardless of, uh, of color or race. Um, so for, for you, Halman, any of those names kind of stick out? I know you mentioned maybe Marvin Lewis is somebody you wanted to talk about a little bit, um, but any other names kind of stick out? Well, I mean, first of all, Marvin Lewis, well, he did just accept a position with the Raiders on their staff, but he came from, you know, one of the big college football powerhouses as a, a special advisor for Arizona State. Um, what, you know, arguably the best big 12 football team, um, in history. And, uh, but, 
seriously though, I mean, Marvin Lewis back when he interviewed for the, the, the Cowboys head coaching job that ultimately went to Mike McCarthy uh, at the time, it was pointed out how, um, you know, when he was with the Bengals and he was their head coach, he was served on the uh, the NFL's competition committee where he got very close with Stephen Jones. And so there was a very good, close personal relationship between the Jones family and Marvin Lewis. And of course, Mike Zimmer was a defensive coordinator for Marvin Lewis for quite a while in Cincinnati. So not only do the Joneses know Zimmer, but they also have a good connection with Marvin Lewis to kind of, you know, get a, a different perspective on how Zimmer would work uh, as a as a defensive coordinator under a head coach with a similar kind of uh, kind of reputation and way about him, an established way like Marvin Lewis had, like Mike McCarthy had. Um, so I think that's something interesting. I do personally, I, I, I hinted at, you know, coordinator that I really prefer. I like Wink Martindale a lot. I love his scheme, how he like, he'll blitz you, you know, 55 times and then you say enough and then he'll blitz you like five more times. Um, it, it was very successful in Baltimore. Wasn't so successful in New York, although I questioned the personnel he had to work with. So uh, I don't know if his personality would mesh well with Mike McCarthy. Uh, I, oh, you hit the mute button. I, I don't know if it's actually the best fit, but it's. I, I really want to see the crazy exotic blitzes he could come up with, with Micah Parsons, with Damone Clark, with Donovan Wilson. I think it would just be fun. So that's selfishly who I really want. Yeah, one one minority candidate I was just thinking about um, that I think deserves serious consideration because he's still out there. Leslie Frazier uh, is somebody I think that the Cowboys could really um, learn a lot from. You bring him in the locker room. I know that was another person that sat out last year. He stepped away from the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott, of course, took out took over as the DC. Um, and you look at the success he had in Buffalo. I mean, just a really really great guy. Another former Vikings head coach. Um, that I think would have a lot of success with Dallas, given the personnel. And I think that's the biggest thing, B1, is that regardless of who it is, and you can talk on Al Harris or Martindale or anybody else, like the Cowboys already have a lot of key pieces in place. Like this is not something where it's an undesirable position where you're trying to say, oh, I want to put my stamp on this. Like, no, the Cowboys have the horses ready to go. They have Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, the guys on the back end in the secondary. Uh, they have Malik Hooker and Donovan Wilson locked into longer contracts, of course, going into the final two years of their deals after serving just the one to start. But, I mean, there are a lot of pieces in place for a lot of these smart guys to kind of use to their advantage. Oh, for sure. I mean, the cupboard's not bare in Dallas. I mean, you alluded to it. I mean, we got a guy named Trayvon Diggs coming off an injury that's going to be opposite of, of Deron Bland. Stephon Gilmore, you know, could be in the plans. You, you know, obviously you mentioned all the linebackers that, you know, or the, the safeties, excuse me, all the safeties that we do have. We do have a couple linebackers, but I feel like we need to increase that position just a little bit. But, and obviously, my, you know, Micah Parsons being who he is, DeMarcus Lawrence. I mean, we can go on and on about that. So, again, Carver's not bare. You bring somebody in with a creative mind with those guys, you're, you're bound to have good results. You know, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, you know, Dan Quinn, you know, had it easy because of the players that he had. You obviously have to be creative. You have, you have to put your players in the best position to win. And, you, I mean, you alluded to Leslie Frazier. I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like he's the assistant head coach of the Seattle Seahawks now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I think, think you might be right. I think, that's, I think that's where he is right now. And, then, again, I'm just doing that off the top of my head. The only reason why I even knew that is because uh, I know he coached with the Bills, a lot of Bills fans up in my part of the, uh, my neck of the woods. So, And I know he's a well-respected coach. So that would be somebody I would I would I would have loved to see as well. But you, you, you alluded to it. Al Harris, I mean, you know, and I know a lot of people got love for AD, you know, in and dirty. I, I I like him as well. But the guy that I just I just love, I think he he's a defensive coordinator, future potential head coach in the making. He's got that um, Aaron Glenn about him as well, because obviously Aaron Glenn was a hell of a player uh, in the NFL, play the same position as Al Harris. And uh, Aaron Glenn's uh, been getting some looks as a future head coach. So I feel like I feel like Al Harris could do a similar uh, do a similar de uh, deal where I mean he had a 15 year career. I mean he's one of those guys where he came out of nowhere. He was you know he was not a highly tied to player in the NFL. He had to work for everything that he has. So he has the work ethic, and uh, you know he's been <coughs> excuse me he's been coaching. I mean he's been coaching at the NFL or FBS level uh, since 2012. So he's been I mean he's been around the game a long time either as a player or as a coach. He knows he knows the game of football. And here's the thing, you know, he has a knack for getting the most out of his defensive backs. We, I mean, I mentioned Trayvon Diggs, Deron Bland. I mean, 
I'm curious to see what he can do with a guy like Eric Scott Jr. for another year. Like, I know the Cowboys drafted him. This year was kind of a redshirt year, but another year with Al Harris under, you know, having, uh, have, you know, you know, working with some of these young cornerbacks like an Eric Scott, I think would be, would do wonders. I, I think, you know, as a defensive coordinator, it'd be, you know, to the extent of you're, you're taking a chance on a guy who's never been a defensive coordinator before. He's been, you know, an assistant coach, uh, a positional assistant coach where he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't specialized, you know, he specializes in a certain position. So, I mean, that's, that's something that, <coughs> excuse me, could, you know, could work. But at the same time, I think, I think he's still, I think he's still owning this crap as a coach. I do think, you know, a defensive coordinator position could be down the line. And I'll just say this. It wouldn't surprise me, and you guys, have, we've been talking about it. Dan Quinn's got a few tricks up his sleeve. I think Al Harris could be another one. I, I feel like I feel like Dan Quinn's going to take as many of his guys as possible and bring them to the uh, Commanders just to bring you know bring some of that you know continuity uh, to the Commanders. So I wouldn't be surprised if Al Harris followed him uh, as well if he doesn't get a promotion. So it's but Al Harris would be another another name I'd be interested in. Yeah, real quick on uh, on. <laughs> topic of like rising stars in the coaching ranks and and you know other potential defensive coordinator candidates three other names to know that you're know, outside of the organization that are you know all considered to be kind of you know on the rise are going to be a you know, defensive coordinator in the next few years um i don't know if the cowboys would consider them they seem really intent on bringing someone in with previous head coaching experience with its an external hire but larry foot the current uh pass game coordinator linebackers coach for the buccaneers he cut his teeth under uh, current Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles, who's a pretty good defensive coach in his own right. He calls the plays for the Tampa Bay defense, and they were able to to get to the playoffs two straight years in his two years as a head coach. Uh, Larry Foote is going to be really fun to watch you know, as his career progresses. Chris Hewitt, the current pass game coordinator for the Ravens, um, he's like I think the only Ravens assistant coach on the defensive side that hasn't been poached yet. Um, he's been with the Ravens since 2012, so he's been a part of a lot of really good defenses there. Prior to that, he coached for a few years at Rutgers back before they became the class of the Big Ten. Um, and then also Chris Harris, who's a former player, uh, played safety for a few years, mostly with, I believe, the Bears. Um, this past season, he was the pass game coordinator for the Titans, who also had a, a fairly good defense. And a lot of people have talked about Mike Vrabel wanting him to be considered for the defensive coordinator role in Dallas. But Chris, he, uh, Chris Harris is someone who's been a rising star. He actually coached in Washington under Ron Rivera before that. Um, he's someone who has really been lauded for his understanding of, of Steve and his ability to, to communicate it to his players. Um, so those are the three names that uh, maybe they won't be considered for this vacancy, but are very much rising stars that, that uh, I would like them to, to consider. Well, you did. Thurf was a good player with the Steelers, too. Yeah. He was good. He was a good player with them, I was going to say. Yeah. And yeah. even, I mean, you mentioned Mike Rabel. Unfortunately, he is uh, too tall in stature uh, to be considered a <laughs> NFL coach right now. Uh, yes, too daunting of a of a personality, I guess. Uh, if you don't know what I mean, just look at uh, the <laughs> athletics report that came out today. Uh, you'll know what I mean very, very soon. Um, yeah. So as we're wrapping up here, we're going to just throw out who we think is going to be getting this position because I think by this time next week, everything should be solidified. Um, I think even Brian Broaddus mentioned maybe Thursday or Friday things could be wrapped up. I know the Cowboys want to get this done sooner than later because you have the combine coming up. You know, uh, The end of the All-Star games are, are over, but you want to at least know where you're going in the direction of what players to draft. And if you're changing up the defense, you need to know that too. Uh, so I'll start with you, uh, Howman. Who's going to be your defensive coordinator for the Cowboys in 2020? Who's my defensive coordinator? Who I think the Cowboys are hiring? <laughs> Whichever one, you know, it's it's it's, it's yeah. the same thing. I think it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I like I I hinted. I you know I I like Wink Martindale, but I think I think Mike Zimmer is probably a better fit for this defense and the personnel that they actually have on the roster. I think he's a better fit personality-wise with Mike McCarthy, um, and I think that's probably who it's going to be. It seems like. It seems like everything's trending that way. The Joneses know him and love him. Mike McCarthy knows him. I don't know if he loves him, but, you know, we'll see. Um, that, you know, I'm not a betting man, so this is not betting advice. But if I had to put money on it, I think tea leaves are pointing to Zimmer. What about you, B1? I'm going Ron Rivera. I think, Here's the thing, too. As somebody, obviously, we all cover the, you know, the Cowboys. Wouldn't that be a, an interesting storyline? I mean, we've already heard it. It's like, man – the, the commanders fired their head coach 
and he's going to be the Cowboys defensive coordinator, and the and the Commanders just hired the uh, the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. So it's like a it's like a swap of coaches. So I, I the storylines you could come up with there, I feel it could be funny, but. For me, it's 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 all about the respect that I have for Ron Rivera. Not that I don't have any you know disrespect for any of the other coaches. I'm not going to be upset if Hamlin's choice of, of of Mike Zimmer is the coach. Like it, it to me, it's splitting hairs. But I would like to see I'd like to see Ron Rivera in here. I, I you know I, I I put that out on social media right when the news broke of Dan Quinn. So I'm sticking to my guns on that one. I'm going to say Ron Rivera. I feel like. I feel like he's the guy to bring some stability. He's going to bring to me. I feel like he's going to bring a different style than Dan Quinn in the aspect of, I feel like he's going to be, you know, tough, but firm, you know, with these guys. And I feel like the mental mistakes on defense, I feel like those, I feel like those will uh, be uh, taken care of. So that's, I, I feel like that's where the Cowboys would go. But at the end of the day, it's going to be between one or the other. Uh, I this is where I fall on it, and I put it out on Twitter earlier in the week when a lot of these names are thrown out there. Why not both? Why not the best of both worlds? We saw Mike McCarthy bring in former head coaches to be positional coaches in the past with Joe Philbin, of course, having the interim position in Miami, uh, and he became the offensive line coach. Jim Tom Sula, of course, the famed San Francisco 49ers head coach for that one brief stint. Um, he was coaching the defensive line before AD came in with Dan Quinn. Why not have Mike Zimmer come in as your DC? And maybe Ron Rivera wants to take a, an even bigger step back and be a linebackers coach. I mean, we know the Cowboys, uh, when it comes to the linebacker position, they need, I think, a little bit more experience there. I, I love Scott McCurley. There were great things talked about him um, in the offseason when we talked to Justin March Lillard, who worked with Scott McCurley in the past. If you want to upgrade that coaching position, I think that that could be something where Ron Rivera would fit like a glove. I mean, we talked about his experience, uh, not only as an NFL linebacker, but just his role in a locker room, what, what that can mean. Um, you're talking about how I'm in the chart when it comes to stopping the Shanahan defense. I mean, there's no one better than Ron Rivera. And if you need somebody to take the reins on the rest of the NFL, I mean, that's what Mike Zimmer is for. So I think you can come up with a lot of different things, a lot of different looks. And if you're trying to coach your linebacker group up, I think uh, Ron Rivera would be a great fit for that. So that would be what I do. I think if you're going to push in this all-in push for the Cowboys this year, why not bring in both of the guys that you're interviewing um, and then really go all-in on your coaching staff, guys who you know that can do the job, get it done, and do it at a high level. So we'll see where, where everything goes by the end of the week. We should have everything, and we'll talk about it next week and what that means for the draft because I'm hoping, I'm hoping – if nothing breaks, nothing else happens, we'll start maybe our draft talk next week, kind of some guys that we're taking an eye on, uh, keeping an eye out for. And then, of course, around the corner will be free agency, and we can focus on that too as it gets a little bit closer. But be sure to follow all of us on Twitter, on X. Check out all of our work on bloggingtheboys.com. Of course, how I mentioned his great Zimmer article uh, and then everything that B1 does. Of course, now with WrestleMania starting to kind of come up in a little bit, uh, you know, we know your WWE stuff is going to be rocking on Twitter. So be sure to check uh, that out for B1. Um, we'll have everything up to date with all the news around the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff free agency in the draft, like I said. So for David Howman and Brandon Clements, I am Brandon Laurie. Thanks again for listening to the Writer's Block podcast. And until next time, go Cowboys. <laughs>